Welcome to the UFTA Podcast. Hosted by Emily O'Connor and Jordan Rudolph. The UFTA Podcast brings you a surprisingly fresh take on everyday topics in health, fitness, and everything in between. We want to open the door to explore new information and new solutions in a way that's easy for you to understand and apply to your own life. Let's get into today's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the UFTA podcast. We are here through going through season three, episode eight. I'm Jordan Rudolph. And I'm Emily O'Connor. We're happy to have you back. Happy to be talking about all things health, fitness, nutrition, um, longevity, and everything in between and delivering our surprisingly fresh take. Today, we are talking about post-rehabilitation, rehabilitation, yeah. and pre-rehabilitation, uh, both of those otherwise known as rehab and prehab respectively yeah um if you're listening to this intro you've probably already seen the title uh where we are kind of going to touch on rehab to baseline and then prehab to live so kind of the distinctions between both of those things and how both can play a role in your life at certain points of your life uh depending on injuries you've gone through uh, life experiences you've had, health history, and then the activities that you want to be able to do as an aging population. We are all aging. We can't stop it, um, but we can control kind of how that plays out for us. Yeah, and our big difference here is we wanted to, um, I kind of brought this idea up to Em and, and, and she liked it a lot, so then we said, yeah, let's do the episode. Um, we wanted to show our audience, our listeners, and everybody out there, the difference between rehab and also introduce prehab, if you've never heard that term before. That's not our term. That is a term that's used by many. Uh, the difference between them, why they're both important, and just kind of talking about why we need them, but also from a, from how we do things at Unity and how Emily and I coach people, and, and Ben and Lance, who are also here with us, <clears throat> we, we, we put a, a lot of effort and direction and energy towards the prehab side for numerous reasons and we'll cover those as well mm -hmm. so we just figured we just let's let's do an episode on it and kind of get the world um at least understanding our mindset and why we do what we do mm -hmm. i think we start with kind of defining terms as we start a lot of these episodes with um and then maybe diving into kind of where those each play uh probably rehab first uh, and then wrapping it up with kind of the prehab discussion. So to define kind of rehab or rehabilitation, it is, and if you've experienced it typically after some sort of significant event, whether that is an injury, surgery, you've been in a cast, we've been had a diagnosis of some sort where we, our goal is to get from the deficit that we've experienced during that event to a baseline measure of living. And is there anything you'd like to add to that? Well, the baseline, first of all, there's going to be smoothies happening. We're doing this in the morning again. Smoothies are going like hotcakes right now. We've got a smoothie slayer, Lily, new, new, newly hired and on board, and, and she's just cranking them out. So you're going to hear blunder through this, so just bear with us. Um, I was going to say, when you when you were mentioning the baseline thing mm -hmm. um, the and, and getting them back to baseline, Baseline is like an established or a predetermined normal. 
um, and that sometimes cannot be that doesn't mean customized to the person. Like like it's it's just what the what what the system medically or if you're going through like a drug or alcohol rehab type of thing like what they deem normal. Mm-hmm. It it might not totally 100% apply to you. You have to make it apply to you, and however that's needed in that term too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there can be huge variance in what that might be uh, for like Jordan said, the individual person, whereas rehab is often to a set standard of a range of motion in a joint after a surgery or after a replacement. Like to a degree, right? Like can you pass this? Can you pass this? Okay, that's that's baseline. That's baseline. Then you are considered cleared. Right. Um, Somewhat function too, like is your strength back to uh, at least a certain percentage of the opposite side or what we would deem as a baseline percentage of what your knee would be able to do or hip would be able to do depending on whatever we're rehabbing. Mm-hmm. And that is largely, to put it in context, the job of professionals such as physical therapist, occupational therapist, those types of individuals uh, are on that kind of post-surgical, post-injury team in a rehab type setting mm-hmm. to improve those metrics to get the body back to those baselines. So we rehab to baseline. When you go through rehab, you are rehabbing to get back to baseline to get back to whatever that baseline is. Mm-hmm. That's rehab's definition. Correct. From a exercise fitness standpoint, movement standpoint. Prehab. Yep. What do we want to call that? I would say prehab takes over where rehab ends, right? So we just established that these baselines can be arbitrary, can be less specific to an individual, more specific perhaps to a population or to a joint, right, where a knee should have X degrees of range or a individual who is 50 to 55 should have X degrees of movement in certain specific areas. Prehab takes over where those individuals, we can have two 50-year-old individuals, and they might have very different lives, very different things that they want to do. Maybe one person wants to hike and be able to move up mountains and cliffs and whatever. Maybe the other one wants to just play with their grandkids and get up and down off the floor safely. Maybe we add a third and they want to run. Right? Those three individuals have very different needs. And where prehab comes in is taking that above what the baseline metric would be to bring the person to that activity of daily interest and those activities that they want to do, allowing them the freedom to do so. So acti- I think the key word there is activities of daily interest, or is it daily interest, daily living? Are they the same thing? Uh, those activities, are two those are two different things. Because interest of what they want to be able to do, living, living is just, just the things that we need to, we be, able have to, to be able to do. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. As soon as I answer, ask the question, I'm like, ah, idiot. Just okay. think about it for a second. Well, it's good for the audience to yes. know, too. Um, so activities of daily interest are the things that you want to be able to do and keep doing. A daily living are the things that we need you to be able to do. Prehab helps with both. Prehab can help prevent injury. Prehab can also get ready for surgery. Mm-hmm. So, so there's prehab that can be done different things. Um, so we can we can we can really dial it into. We are helping you continue. Prehab is for ADIs and ADLs, uh, activities of daily living, activities of da- daily interest. That's my definitions there, really quick. Um, and for injury prevention or surgery pre pre. Pre-surgery, like 
that's that's why we're we focus on prehab for those things so depending on how we look at it we have two different realms of rehab and prehab that can help for both areas there's not probably we need both we don't want to ever have to go through a rehab cycle but it's there for us to make sure that we're measuring it back to baseline the prehab thing is what we really wanted to dial into and dive into on this episode to to help explain that and why we spend time focusing on those things and I think mm -hmm. the important part is the definition like so that you can keep living and do being able to do the things you're able that you need to do being able to do the things that you want or love to do and also injury prevention mm -hmm. like it makes a lot of sense when you hear it like that like oh it sounds like something I need to start doing yeah yeah probably and I think it's easy to almost overlook when we're in an injury setting or even if we're just sick the only thing we want back is to do the things that we had the freedom to do before. Mm -hmm. So it's easy to kind of buy in, if you will, to a PT, to a rehab program and say like, this will get me back to walking. This mm -hmm. will get me back to this. But oftentimes when we think of prehab in that setting, some of those goals can be so far off in the distance. Like we touched on a little bit of longevity um, in previous episodes where often at 40 we don't really think about how we will feel at 60 right it's 20 years away oh everything will be fine but we can get proactive by using this prehab type activity and movements and things like that to get ahead of some of those things to be able to set ourselves up for success for the long term it's just often more challenging to see because in the current moment we might not be at a deficit yet but we would be if we didn't incorporate these things. We have to start incorporating them before we need them. Prehab is proactive. Mm -hmm. I, th I think that's uh, trying to keep key words there for it, right? Like prehab is proactive. Mm -hmm. So uh, to, to, to be able to work on your body and the needs of your body from a physical standpoint, uh, to make sure that they're doing the things that they're supposed to be doing before you need them to do what they're the supposed to be doing. Yeah, for sure. That way you're not being thrown into the fire or you're trying to do something that you don't know if your body's ready for. Like there's a physical capacity to it. And there's a strength, like we can go down rabbit holes, but uh, your body has to be able to move uh, hopefully pretty well or freely in those things to pick up the grandchild. Like Emily was saying earlier, go on the hike, climb the mountain, uh, do those things. Uh, and that's where pre prehab comes in uh, here. At Unity, we call it, for a lot of times, for oftentimes, everybody's got a ramp, range of motion, activation, movement prep. Sometimes the ramp could be super specific to the person where we're going to continue to prehab a, 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 shoulder. a, a shoulder, right, a T-spine, a quad that's tight, um, because we know if we don't address that or don't do that, that could lead to something later on. Mm -hmm. So sometimes there's stuff where... Uh, we're, we're, we're just, we're, we're never going to take that off the list with somebody mm -hmm. it, it just, just because, um, over time, death of a thousand cuts in a good way. Uh, yes. Like when the quads are, have a better relationship, when the shoulder becomes healthy again and blah, 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 like, yes. But just know that some of the stuff that we also do can be pr proactive and making sure it doesn't come back. Mm -hmm. So that's what our ramp is. Range of motion, activation, movement prep. Every single workout starts with one of those. Uh, in here 
Uh, some of them are more specific to the person, some of them are more specific to the workout, and some of them are just general making sure we're covering all of our boxes with ankles, T-spine, shoulder, hips, mm-hmm. glued act, like blah. Like, yeah. For sure. And I think we have some pretty, and I know you've talked about it before, it was a little bit before my time, of when we take some of those things out accidentally, on purpose, trying new things, right? We're always trying to improve, and we can see, like, oh, wait. Everybody, like when we don't do ankle mobility, everybody's ankles got tight. You might not have an ankle mobility deficit, but if we take it out and we're just not pushing into it and just not using the ranges that we have, it starts to stiffen up and the body starts to get tight again. We just sometimes need to do these things and it might not feel hard, right? Which is where, oh, why am I spending this time doing this thing? But if we don't do this thing, our body starts to lose those ranges of motion that it has. So again, further impacting negatively future down the road or in the moment activities that we want to be able to do. We also know that if we don't program those things for people in their workouts, they're probably not going to get done. <laughs> Sorry, everybody listening that's a member of Unity and like we just know you better. Um, but that's also just human nature, mm-hmm. right? So I mean, I'm, I, I'm guilty of it, right? Like 100%. I'll foam roll when I get home and I get home and I'm like, I should have just done this at the gym. Yeah. Right. I should have just done it there. You and I are here often, yeah, uh, and it's still hard for us to make sure that we're scheduling this stuff in and getting our workouts in, getting our prehab stuff in. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's hard enough. Mm-hmm. So uh, we get it. Like I, I was poking fun at the bear, but Emma and I are fully responsible for that too. Uh, so we know if we don't program some of this stuff in, uh, it's not getting done. So we just try to check all the big boxes with our ramps, whether they, again, they're specific to the person, specific to that workout or what we're doing that day. Or just the gen, or a combination of the general, or a combination general. of all of them, mm-hmm. right? Well, kind of tying back to last week's episode of like similar versus unique fitness, right? Like mm-hmm. most people's hips are fairly similar. We mm-hmm. need to be able to extend them, rotate them, flex them, all different directions. If a hip is a hip is a hip, roughly that can look the same for everyone. Now, if someone comes in has a hip replacement, we know that that's going to be different. Yep. That gets into that specific and individualized portion where. Someone with that might have a lot more hip-focused stability, a little bit more mobility, a little bit more stretching in specific areas to maintain the ranges of motion of that hip. But for by and large, a hip flexor stretch, most, most every single person walking the earth at the moment could benefit from a true hip flexor stretch with the amount that we sit as individuals. Absolutely. And, and we kind of look at it as... If a person, if a hip is a hip is a hip, unless there's some sort of like major or drastic uh, physical limitation, uh, we know all those things that Emily just said through how we can do things can catch, we can catch a lot of boxes with a, with a couple of different exercises. And then we can add progressions, we can add variations, we can tailor them more to a person. We can do all of those things. But this is kind of where it comes back to simpler is better. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't try to need to, like, we don't need new things. Like, how many T-spine movements do we have here? Like, just a... Just a, a so many. 50? Probably. Right? So, yeah. like, and, and what I mean by T-spine movements, a T-spine, first and foremost, we need to be able to extend, so get long, and, 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 and your thoracic spine is kind of like your upper... Upper back. Upper back, yeah. Um, below the neck, above, like, where your belly button is. Maybe even a little bit higher for most, but... Upper back, 12 vertebrae, um, T1, T2, yeah. 12 vertebrae. Emily's making sure I'm following suit here. 
and it needs to be mobile, it needs to be extended, it can also rotate. And then most of our rotation through our body actually happens through uh, the spine, through that thoracic area. Um, so we know that we need to keep it extended and we need to rotate. We literally have 50 exercises that can do this, right? But there's probably two or three that we only need to really hammer home and do for most people to get all this. A bow and arrow or an open book, lying on your side, knees up to the belly button, rotate through your upper body only while keeping your knees stacked. A quadruped, hands and knees position, sitting back into a heel sit or child's pose, and then locking your low back in so you don't cheat or rotate through your low back, and then rotate only through your upper body. Yeah. Like, those two are, are bread and butter, great exercises. We have 48 freaking more. Yeah. Okay. And I think that speaks to, like, a lot of times in some of this stuff it can be not boring, but it's tough to see the why behind it. Like, mm -hmm. why am I spending all this time doing it? But we don't need a new thing. You just need to maintain and continue to do the yes. same thing. I love a bow and arrow. It's my favorite T-spine one. It's the basically the only one I've done in my ramp ever. Uh, I've done other ones in addition to, but I'll always start with a few of the bow and arrows just because that sideline position feels good. I can always find my upper back. It just runs through. It's easy for me, right? I don't have to think about it. And over time, that's where some of this prehab stuff can be a little bit more habitual. Yeah. Whether it's, hey, coming into the gym, I do my ramp, I'm in my thing, good to go, moving on to the rest of my workout. It's not something where we have to feel like we have to reinvent the wheel to continue to get the same benefits. We might need to make it harder and add a little bit of something to it, depending on the life and the sport-specific things we want to do. But we can just keep some of those baselines where hey, when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to do quick hip flexor stretch, maybe a squat prying, extend my back a little bit, and on with the day, right? It can be just that simple to incorporate those things even outside of a workout if it's two exercises, one exercise. Yeah, the cool thing about having 50 variations is that we have 50 variations, right? Yeah. A lot. Uh, those variations were created more often than not because we needed something for a sport specific thing mm -hmm. or because we work with chiropractors and physical therapists so often we were using a variation that was specific to the individual or need of whatever we needed to get to. Um, a bow and arrow is one of our top ones uh, but the difference between like a bow and arrow and an open book is dissociation to association. They both accomplish the same thing but one's a joint by joint by joint specific thing. The other one's more of a, a body integrated together accomplishing the same goal but making sure the body can do so. Um, so we have 50 different variations so that we can add some different things. We can add some more catch-all. We can, we can do stuff with sport-specific or person-specific, and that's why we have so many. But the other thing about Emily saying we probably only need one or two of those to like actually just hammer home and do often and habitually, that gives you the reference point of your baseline so you can check and see if something is off. If you don't have like these baselines or these references where you're doing this stuff and working on this stuff, like if you took 10 minutes a day and picked five things and just worked on those throughout the day and just made sure that was a daily movement of five things and however many times you get through them or if you did 20 reps of each, however you want to set it up. If you don't have the baseline or the reference of like these one or two and you just keep trying all these different things because you're bored, because you want to try them, you don't have anything to refer your body back to to know if you're doing a little bit better that day or need to work a little bit more on it <laughs> or if if not, right? Like, yeah. like you don't know what you're comparing it to because you've done... 16 different thoracic spine exercises they all feel good but what how do you know if you're like better or worse that day 
Mm-hmm. And that can play a role in then exercise selection, what you mm-hmm. choose to do. Do you need to spend more time on them, like you said? Yep. It can also kind of to tie back into our rehab to baseline, a lot of the baseline measures are very general. If we do have to go through an injury or go to a PT or go to an OT, right? A lot of those are going to be individual or, excuse me, very general. But if you know your individual baseline, you know enough to be your self-advocate and say, no, this isn't normal for me. Right. Yep. This isn't my normal. It might be on textbook paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what the PT needs to see to clear the insurance to release you. But you know that there is still a deficit there that you need to work on and either get another PT or go outside of a system, depending yep. on where you're at. Maybe you need to go to a direct access or go hire a coach if they can help you with that as well. Um, depending on where you're at in that rehab process. Mm -hmm. But if you know your individual baseline, you can set yourself up further for success beyond just doing the movements. Yes. You can be your own advocate. We also use our movement screen here, our 30-point movement screen, to identify a person's baseline starting with us in terms of their movement quality and fitness quality. Like those are our baselines here. So there's baselines for different things. And then if somebody's not at the baseline that we need them to be at for what we deem a person a person that joins us and typically joins us to just function as a human being of those activities of daily living, we then program these exercises to help that person get back to the baseline of what we need them to be at a minimum level to accomplish things at a higher level while we continue to also work on this prehabilitation piece, this prehab piece, to continue furthering them into that realm of not like getting away from the baseline in the positive direction mm-hmm. so that they don't come back to it or they don't have to worry about it. And that's where we can try different exercises over time to see, or in progressions, if you will, or different versions of a T-spine, if you will, uh, exercise, to help see if there's one that kind of gets us over the edge or takes this person to the next level. Like, we mm-hmm. don't need all 50. We just need the one or two, maybe three, that for this specific person works really well. And it's a little bit different for everybody, mm-hmm. but there, there's still baselines for each person that we can we can hammer home. Like like a physical therapist, one of the physical therapists that we work with um, uses a bow and arrow and the quadruped T-spine hip, uh, sorry, the quadruped, quadruped heel sit T-spine rotation extension exercise as their baseline mm-hmm. exercises. Um, I went through, I had a little lat spasm a couple weeks ago from grabbing a golf bag that was falling out of a cart. Um, really shitty moment. I didn't like it, but it hung with me, and I, was, I wasn't I was sure if I could golf. Mm-hmm. Golfed, hung in there. A couple days later, still sore. Like, I don't know if I should golf, and I did a baseline test with Coach Ben, and I thought, like, there's no way I'm at my baseline, and he's like, oh, actually, you're way past. I'm like, oh. Like, I had so much range of motion that my pain was actually happening beyond what I ever would need it to be for a golf swing. Um, I just happened to be more mobile in that direction and, and it was there. So now I knew a baseline. I'm like, oh, I don't even need to turn that far. But if I don't own a baseline, how do I know it's what I'm tough. working on? Yeah. yeah. The advocate part. For sure. So a lot of different things. Prehab for proactive. Yeah. Prehab for life. Prehab to live. Mm-hmm. Like to do the things that you want to be able to do and the things that you need to do. That's where prehab comes in. It's stuff. It's not sexy stuff, guys. It's, it's not stuff that you're going to show... Uh, on Facebook to all of your friends that you're doing. It's not the stuff that you're going to see other fitness coaches or other uh, influencers on Instagram doing. Like, mm-hmm. you just you just won't. But it's the stuff that makes you feel really good, mm-hmm. 
and it's the stuff that's going to help your body continue to feel better and it's going to make sure that you prevent injury and keep going on the run that you want to without having to worry about a lot of those things. Yeah, I think some of to that is when you start to see the effects that it can be, right? One of the ones that we've incorporated more uh, recently since we've been working with Active Life is the kneeling butt to heel mm -hmm. and like sitting. So you sit, toes touch together, kneeling to start, and then sit your butt back towards your heels. We should be able to touch the butt to the heels at that range. If you cannot, one of the best things you can do is gradually just work yourself into that position, whether it's a use of a wall or a dowel, and just getting some of those tissues stretched out. And we've had multiple moments in here where people are like, oh my gosh, my butt's sitting on my heels. And, and I was literally like, their pain went away. Yeah. Their and back pain They were like, gone. yeah, my back feels better, my knees feel better, and all we did was set the butt to the heels. And some of those moments can be the coolest moments because all of a sudden it's like, Oh yeah, why was Emily making me put my butt and sit it on my heels? Why was Jordan making me do, you know, this kneeling pull down but making me sit my butt to my heels? All of a sudden those things make sense and it creates that moment of like, I get it now, mm -hmm. right? I, I get it now. Those little times where we can see it play out and remembering those in the days where we wake up and we're just like, I just don't want to do my cat camels, right? Like I just don't want to do it, yep. but it can pay off. The, and will. And will, yeah. The, the big part is that it will pay off. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's about accumulation too. It's not like a, like if the if the exercise selection is correct and what you're trying to accomplish, you will literally feel better in that moment and you should see a, if you did a test and retest, you should see a difference. Um, but to, con to continue to have this, it's about accumulation. And the last little piece that you can add uh, to making sure that this lasts longer is strength training. Like strength mm -hmm. training is also prehab. Okay, rehab not so much. Um, there's strength measures, but strength training can be rehab if used appropriate. Excuse me, I'm gonna hiccup. I'm not gonna hiccup. Um, sorry guys. Uh, strength training is like this final little piece to add to the prehab puzzle to make sure that this stuff sticks. Um, and again, it's the appropriate strength training. It's it's not just going heavy, it's not just going hard and fast, it's the appropriate dosage of when needed. Uh, and there's a whole nother realm, we've done podcasts on strength training alone that we can go down, but from this uh, viewpoint that we're talking about today, uh, strength is also prehab, mm -hmm. very much so. Mm -hmm. and, and, and we need it the more that we age, like the, the abundantly clear in the research uh, and everything else, and be able to do the ADLs, the activities of daily living, like strength training is a large portion of that too. Um, so we include that into this prehab process as well, but from a general movement and just making sure your body's flowing and doing all the things in the right capacities and functions, that's where a lot of this more of like range of motion, activation, movement prep stuff comes in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that creates a big baseline. And like you said, strength training can kind of put that puzzle together in terms of signaling to the body, like, Hey, we actually need this new yeah. range. Keep this new range. Yeah. Otherwise, if we just do it and then we go back, we do a T-spine extension rotation, we do our reps in the gym, and then the only thing we do is go back and sit at a computer with rounded, hunched shoulders forward, yeah, the body's probably not going to keep that range. We need to continue signaling to the body, like, open up the new range, use it, keep it, maintain it, so yep. that I can have that for an extended period of time. 100%. 100%. Rehab to baseline, prehab to live. Keep you away from baseline in the in the right direction. Absolutely, absolutely. Cool. 
I don't think there's anything else to add. You're good? I think we got it. All right. As always, thank you guys very much for listening. We very much appreciate it. Uh, This is a little bit shorter of an episode as we go. Please share this with someone who might need to or you would like to hear it. Uh, Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, download all the things uh, that helps us reach more people and helps this podcast to grow. We very much appreciate that as well. And without further ado, we'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thank you, everybody. Bye.